You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. There's only one meaningful game left this NFL season. The Super Bowl matchups are set after yesterday's games, and we have a little bit more uh, hot stove coaching news to go over. But before we get into all that, Dennis, how was your weekend? You know. My weekend was pretty good. I got most of my bathroom floor finished. The boys' basketball team played pretty well. You know, the, the coach installed four new plays on Thursdays in Thursday's one-hour practice, and then their game was Saturday. So it wasn't like they had a whole lot of practice. And actually, I'm going to say for being 12 years old, executed pretty well for only having one hour of practice with the new plays. Uh, now. It seems like our team is a juggernaut. We won 23 to 1, um, and it's basketball. So, uh, you know, we had to call off the dogs a little bit. So, but our team's 4 0. You know, my son is playing well. Uh, we got a couple kids that can handle the ball real good, and, and uh, you know, 10 kids on the team that. Uh, basically, we're divided up into two groups of five. They play every other quarter, and it's going pretty well. And at least you know how you can fill all your free time with the NFL season drawing to a close. Yeah. yeah. 
It was not bad here, other than we got clipped with some Arctic air, as I was telling you earlier. Yesterday was really fun getting up at uh, 5.25 in the morning to go to work and having to spend 20 minutes chipping a sheet of ice off my car. So I'm looking for it. It's supposed to be almost 60 this weekend. I cannot wait. Uh, before we get into the conference championship game recaps, there's a little bit of news. Uh, yesterday, it's been a whirlwind 24 hours for one Kellen Moore. Uh, yesterday, it was announced that he had been let go as offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know about you, Dennis, but that was a little bit of a surprise. But even more surprising, less than 24 hours later, he's already been installed in the same position for the Los Angeles Chargers. So, Dennis, what does this mean for Dallas, and uh, how do you feel about it for the Chargers? So my my first thing is, don't they have to follow the Rooney rule for coordinators as well? And, I mean, they fired Joe Lombardi a long time ago, so you don't know how many people they interviewed. Yeah, so they probably. I'm pretty sure they did it. Like so, Moore's offense in Dallas, I think, has been like top five in scoring, like three of the four years. He was the coordinator there. To me, this is Mike McCarthy doing Mike McCarthy's plan all along. He wants to call plays. He wants to show how he's embraced analytics. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, and and so he want he wants his guy. He wants to he wants to bring somebody in that's going to wear the title of OC while McCarthy handles the play calling. Dan Quinn making the decision to stay in Dallas. I think McCarthy's like, you've got this. I don't need to worry about the defense. I'm going to take a look at the offense. I'm going to mold it how I want it based on what we have because I'm an offensive mind. Uh, I don't see it ending well for Dallas, if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, mostly because I'm not that enthralled with Mike McCarthy as a head coach, and I'm not sure that Dak is – Prime Aaron Rodgers put McCarthy on his back, carry him to the Super Bowl, um, kind of ready. So uh, I like Dak as a quarterback. I think he's got a lot of good traits, and he does a lot of things well. Uh, I think the offense is going to probably be more middle of the road. I'd say somewhere around 10 to 15, which is still reasonably good. I mean, that they should make the playoffs, but they're going to have to solve the running back problem. Are they – going to jettison Zeke. You know, Zeke has already made overtures that he's willing to rework his deal to stay in Dallas. Uh, are they going to be able to bring Tony Pollard back? Who's going to be the wide receiver two across from C.D. Lamb? Uh, and what are they doing to rebuild that offensive line? So there's definitely some work to do there. In Los Angeles, on the other hand, they've got some powerhouse offensive weapons. Part of the challenge they had this year was breakdowns on their offensive line. Lots of O-line injuries for the Chargers. Uh, they lost a lot of time with some players that are fairly highly regarded in that uh, position. But they, you know, Keenan Allen missed what half a season, a little over. Uh, Mike Williams missed some games, but Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter both stepped up and played well. Austin Eckler is the real wild card. He's going to be, what, 29 years old, I think. Um, you know, he's going to – if if I'm looking at what Dallas did, Austin Eckler is the Tony Pollard player. Um, so they're going to try to get one of these young guys they draft every year 
to lift their game up to where Zeke was. And it looked like Joshua Kelly was doing that last year. They've got some weapons at tight end with um, um, Everett and McKitty and uh, Donald Parham. So there's there's lots of stuff for uh, Kellen Moore to work with, most notably Justin Herbert. So I, I would think that if he wants to be a head coach, he he's probably looking at having his pick of the litter next offseason if he goes into L.A. and does what we think Kellen Moore can do as an offensive coordinator. Um, and it may very well save Brandon Staley's job next year if Moore uh, performs like we expect. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because I love offenses that score points because I like to play fantasy, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think it makes sense for for the Chargers um, and makes sense for Kellen Moore. I had mentioned before, it seemed like nobody's um, stock had dropped more precipitously without being able to pinpoint exactly why than Kellen Moore, who, you know, before McCarthy was hired, it was kind of a condition of Mike McCarthy getting that job that he had to keep Kellen Moore. It seemed like he was really Jerry's guy. He had a ton of you know, juice in the head coaching market last offseason goes back to Dallas. All they did was win 12 games and managed to stay hot in the playoff race, even with Dak missing a bunch of time with a broken thumb, which seemed like it was going to kill the Cowboys. And yet, you know, he, you saw him not getting a lot of interviews. So maybe he was ready to move on. I'll be curious to see, you mentioned, you think Austin Eckler is going to be there, Tony Pollard. I'm curious if he can get something out of Isaiah Spiller because Spiller was an interesting prospect and he dropped and dropped and dropped, but we were all interested when he got, went to the Chargers, and nothing came of it this year. Is that because he's not a good prospect or because they didn't know what they were doing. I'll be curious to see if that changes a little bit with Kellen Moore for Dallas. I agree with you. I don't understand why they've elected to go this way. They let go of a lot of other, um, you know, position coaches or had them retire several of which were on the offense. seems like they're remaking the offensive coaching staff. I don't know that I would have blamed offense as the reason Dallas didn't advance. Totally. I mean, turnovers became a problem. Is that really a coaching issue or is that a DAC issue? Right. You know, I, to me, it's, it, it, it's McCarthy bringing in his guys. He came in, he's been, this is, he's going into what his third year now. So he's had the chance to build trust with Jerry. He's the head coach. And while Jerry was like, yeah, I love Kellen Moore. McCarthy was the head coach, and I think McCarthy has pitched it as, you know, I've been working with this guy, and and I've got some ideas, and, you know, I did win the Super Bowl, and you brought me here to, to win. I'd like to kind of do my own thing. He's got an opportunity. It seems like it's a good time for both of us, and I can get some of my guys in. I just thought about it. It's actually McCarthy. He'll be going into his fourth year. He's done three years as okay. as the head coach. It'll be interesting to see other coordinator moves. Uh, Vic Fangio signing a uh, or is close to signing a deal with the Dolphins. Some sites reporting it's signed. Some saying it sounded like the Dolphins thought it was signed, and Vic's like, eh, "Well, not so fast, my friend." 
if they can actually close the deal that's been widely reported, what do you think that uh, what do you think of that move for the Dolphins? I think it's a good move because I think Fangio is a good defensive coordinator. They've got some guys on that defense. Um, I'm, you know, you had Fangio in Denver for a number of seasons, and I'm not, I, I haven't looked real closely at the type of defense he runs versus the personnel they have in Miami. Reputation-wise, it seems like a great fit for Mike McDaniel to kind of do what we expect Mike McCarthy to do in Dallas, which is like, hey, you're a veteran coach. You've got head coaching experience. You're going to run this defense, and I'm going to not have to worry about it, and I'm going to be in charge of the offense. But does that does the personnel fit what Fangio does? I think it will, and Bradley Chubb's obviously there, a guy that uh, Vic Fangio – liked and drafted so um i think it'll make it makes good sense a little bit of what you're talking about it makes me curious that they can't quite decide whether the deal's done or not so uh but it makes sense for the dolphins and you know i think they need to get um they probably need to get some improvement on their their defense to be able to compete with some of these teams in their well, own I think, division i, I think fangio is like well, wait a minute. The Cardinals are adding to their list. Denver, or Indianapolis is bringing everybody back for a second interview. Should I really, you know, maybe I can get another head coaching job? I don't know how I feel about him Be as a head coach. He was a great defensive coordinator, and he was great with working with the defense even in Denver. On uh, other persistent uh, – claims that just keep coming back to us. It seems like reports are out now that the Packers are done with Aaron Rodgers. Dennis, stop me if you've heard this before. They're just done with him uh, and that they're ready to move on. Uh, What stock do you put into those trade rumors? You know, he's got a big old contract that's going to take some work in to trade. There are definitely teams that look at Aaron Rodgers and say, we'd like to have him on our team. The question becomes, can they get it done as far a deal that makes sense money-wise for Green Bay and makes sense for whoever is taking him on? You know, at some point, I think LaFleur, and, and I was LaFleur there when they drafted Jordan Love? Or yes. was that still McCarthy? No, it was, it was LaFleur. Uh, LaFleur. Yeah. And, and so at some point, I think, and I think we're getting to that point where he's like, hey, yeah, we're, we're having some okay, goodish seasons. I kind of like to, you know, see what I, kinda, Aaron keeps getting the credit for what we're doing. I feel like I'm a pretty good head coach. Uh, I've been doing well and I've been tolerating this, you know, ego bullshit from this guy. Uh, I'd like to kind of move on, and and I think it wouldn't surprise me if Lafleur is kind of driving the let's move on train, um, and using the model that they did with Brett Favre, linking him to the Jets. I, I think it's just uh, as I, I don't know that other than the Jets need a quarterback, the, the Hackett thing seemed. I don't. I think we saw last year when Denver was in the market for a quarterback. Um, that signing Hackett in an effort to get his old quarterback isn't really the play to make. Uh, and I, so 
I'm not necessarily convinced that that was really what went into the thinking with the Jets saying, hey, Paul, come be our offensive coordinator. Now let's go get Aaron. I think if they get it, great. If they don't, they're they're going in a different direction with a veteran quarterback. I feel like we're probably 70-30 right now with Rodgers playing somewhere else. But it's early in the offseason. He's getting into his, I'm going to take my time, go out to the desert and drop some ayahuasca and find a God or not kind of uh, version of his portion of his offseason. And as much as I think Rodgers still has to offer on the field, um, that contract might ultimately end up being what keeps him in Green Bay. You know, I know the the cap just went up to what two twenty four point eight or something. Yeah, so it had a, a big old increase. Um, so there's there are there are teams that want him. But he doesn't want it. He, you know, he's not going to a rebuild. He's like Brady in that regard. He's going somewhere where they've got a chance to win. And, you know, are the Jets really that? Maybe they've got a really good defense, and he might be the, you know, that the Reggie Jackson, you know, the straw that stirs the drink, um, with New York, with with Garrett Wilson, with Elijah Moore, uh, with Brees Hall, you know, and they've got couple offensive linemen they'll be getting back to miss significant time they have pretty high pedigrees so it's not a terrible fit all things considered but it's certainly not something I'm, I'm ready to you know put my stamp on and you know this is the hill I'm gonna die on right now yeah I I don't know what uh, to make of it I think the question is really whether the Packers are gonna go kind of ball in toward a rebuild because if you move Aaron Rodgers, you probably are moving Aaron Jones. Are you trying to get draft picks, trying to move in that way? And maybe after an eight and nine season where they look like the wheels are coming off a little bit, that is the direction they want to lean. I'm with you too. I don't know if the Jets are exactly the prime choice. It's not just they have a lot of young potential talent, but they're also in possibly one of the most competitive divisions because we just talked about the Dolphins, who still have a pretty good core and are working on improving their defense. The Patriots with Belichick there are always going to be hanging around. And you have the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, who have built a pretty stoic team too. I don't know that that's the kind of team that you walk into and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm easily in the playoffs because the AFC also has – Pretty good talent when you look at Kansas City. We just talked about the Chargers, Cincinnati. Baltimore always seems to be hanging around. You don't know what Cleveland's going to be in the next year. So I, I'm i not sure that that's exactly if Aaron Rodgers is looking out there. If I was him, I'd be looking to go to uh, a team that I thought had, you know, I'd be more likely to try to take the literal Brady route and go down to Tampa Bay where they have a pretty decent infrastructure and not much competition in their own division than I am to look at the Jets and say, hey, I'd like to go to the pressure of New York City in a pretty loaded division in a pretty loaded conference. So before we move on to the games, uh, a little tidbit of news came across earlier today that the the Raiders apparently have not given Derek Carr permission to seek a trade yet. Thoughts? I mean, 
he also has a no trade clause, so he'd have to approve anywhere that he wanted to go. I don't know. He said his farewell, and the fact that he was deactivated and pushed away from the team, I think that's they might be looking to try to make their own best deal, or they might be just releasing him. Right, but if why why release him though if you can get something back for him? I mean, they're not a smart front office. They have to make that decision pretty quick because I'm pretty sure it's only a few days after the Super Bowl that his huge roster bonus kicks in. So if they're not letting him make a trade, they're probably just releasing him, which is amusing. It, it To me, it seems crazy because you've told him, we don't want you, go. You, you, you're going to go. And then you're like, well, but I'm not going to let you talk to anybody else. It's all, that's, like, that's, that's like abusive behavior. I don't want you, but nobody else can have you either. Well, and if him, if you're Derek Carr, you're pretty much sitting pretty because you can reject any trade you don't want. And if they they have to have the impetus to move you because otherwise you get a huge chunk of guaranteed change. Yeah, it's a weird situation. Raiders going to Raider. Uh, on to the games. The NFC game did not end up being quite the battle we thought. The Eagles were able to get the 31-7 to win, and that's because the 49ers really didn't have a quarterback. Brock Purdy got injured on the sixth offensive play. Uh, we will get to more on him in a minute. Josh Johnson, the veteran, came in, got knocked unconscious. They had to put Purdy back in, even though everyone was pretty sure he couldn't throw the ball or run Wildcats with Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback. Needless to say, it did not go well. So, are the 49ers snake-bitten when it comes to quarterback and with Brock Purdy with the revelation today that it's an ulnar nerve which is probably at least a six-month recovery what do you think that does with the Purdy versus Lance debate moving forward well I, I didn't see that it was an ulnar nerve I saw that he he had a complete tear of the UCL tendon the ulnar mm. collateral tendon and you're probably gonna when you're probably gonna get some impact on the nerve there, I suppose. But that's what they were talking about yesterday that he had a nerve issue, he couldn't feel or grip the ball. Right, because if you tear that tendon, that affects your grip. That's because that's a very common baseball injury. It doesn't happen often in football. Uh, Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Eyes up, and it, it ends up being 
but one of us is frozen, so I'm just going to keep talking. Um, I can hear you. Okay. And you got 22 guys slamming into each other. People get injured. So is it being snake bitten? I mean, Philadelphia sacked the quarterback more than any other team by a lot this season. So it was expected that even with San Francisco's pretty good offensive line, that he was going to take some hits. It was a funky hit. It was an, you know, I, I don't want to say accidental because Reddick meant to hit him, but to hit him there on the elbow like that mid throw and tear that tendon was just kind of a, a fluky hit. You know, Jimmy's broken foot and Lance's ankle, Johnson's concussion. These are all, well, it kind of, if you're superstitious, or even if you're a little stitious, it does look like something's going on there with that team. You know, somebody sacrificed to the wrong God. Somebody, you know, somebody's They need to get Jobu back. Somebody's voodoo doll is, is not getting, you know, pin, the pin put in the right spot. Something. It's wild, but snake bit, I don't know, kind of seems far-fetched. I don't... I don't think the cosmos are cosmos are conspiring against the 49ers. I just think it's big men running into each other. So stuff like that happens. Yeah, and I'll be curious, uh, you know, with Purdy and Lance, both of them are gonna now be coming off of injuries. I would have I was of the opinion that Purdy had secured the job, but you know, with both of them having to come back and you don't know how long it takes to get back now a throwing arm injury. I do think if there was a winner yesterday, it might be Trey Lance. Well, I, my opinion, I talked about this Thursday night with Garrett on the better sports network. And I believe that it was going to be Purdy played his way into a competition. And I believe that in the offseason, it was going to be a competition, but the front office was going to give all ties to Trey Lance. They're like, look, we we spent a ton of draft capital. We've seen him grow and do good things. He's got the stronger arm. He's the better athlete. He's more mobile. He, He has the edge in a lot of these other areas. It's can he put it together mentally and execute this offense? And so my feeling was that the 49ers were going to put their thumb on the scale to try to get Trey Lance out there and be happy that they have somebody as good as Brock Purdy to be the backup that they know, hey, we if something happens again, we can put you in and you're going to win games for us and we've got you under contract for the next three years or whatever it is. Well, now with Purdy's injury, he's not going to be back to August. Um, and I saw uh, Jake Delhomme came out and said that he had that same injury. And he said in six months, he was as good as new, maybe even better, his elbow was. So I feel like August 1st, I think Purdy's going to be ready to go. Well, Lance is supposed to be ready by OTAs. So he's going to have every opportunity to establish himself as that guy and put Purdy in the oper- in the position to have to climb a hill to take the starting job. So 
I think it's going to be Lance. I, I think this just makes it an easier decision for the 49ers. Um, and they don't have to worry about getting caught with their thumb on the scale. Yeah, it would be an interesting offseason. The other person that might uh, have been uh, have benefited a little bit from that loss is D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, who is possibly one of the hottest coaching candidates out there. Do you think we've seen his last game in San Francisco? Yeah, it seems all signs point to a deal getting done with Houston, uh, maybe as early as tomorrow. And it'll be interesting to see how he builds his staff. There's with that being just the second head coaching position filled, there's going to be opportunity for him to get uh, a good offensive coordinator, somebody to come in and, and really work on developing that offense. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Nick Casario is the GM still. I'm not sure after two one and dones why you would let Nick Casario uh, pick the next head coach. But Houston did, and and it looks all signs point to it being D'Amico Ryan. So I expect that the defense is going to be good, and the offense is going to need work. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think he's for sure going to take one of the openings uh, that's out there. It does seem like it's leaning toward the Texans, but you never know. Well, I heard he was uh, Indianapolis's third or Denver's third number one choice. I don't even know what Denver's doing. Uh, for the Eagles, probably uh, it was a very smooth game until the end. There was a little fisticuffs near the end. Some benches cleared. A couple players got ejected. Some of the talk at the end of the game was concerned that there might be repercussions going to the Super Bowl. Do you think – the NFL would look at any suspensions that would impact the biggest game of the year? No, I, th- I think we're looking at probably a, a fair amount of fines being doled out, but Trent Williams and uh, the defensive back he body slammed both got kicked out of the game. I think they're going to leave it at that as far as suspensions go. I mean, if they do suspend any Eagles, it's only going to feed the it's rigged narrative and oh it is and it's and i just don't think they want that headache because it really was you know of course it's going to get heated you got one team that had a legitimate shot to go to the super bowl now they weren't the favorite in the game philadelphia was and everything was going to have to go right and Almost nothing went right with the quarterback, and it just destroyed pretty much every opportunity San Francisco had to be able to pull out a victory. And, you know, I I get it. You get frustrated, and you're, you're like, you're going out there, and you're playing your butt off, and you know that your quarterback can't throw the ball, that he's injured and that your other quarterback can't tell what day it is because he had his block knocked off. And it's like those, and and to be frank, those were the responsibilities of the offensive line was to keep those dudes up. 
and the offensive line broke down and got both their quarterbacks nearly killed, and then now they're out there. I'm sure there was a little bit of self-loathing going on during the game as they're just watching the offense not be able to do anything in Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia didn't run. It wasn't like they weren't they weren't making a whole bunch of phenomenal plays. You know, they, I didn't, they didn't have to do like anything in the second half. It was right. the most vanilla second half I think I've ever seen. It, it, it was. They just ran the ball. It was like they're like, OK, if all you're going to do is run it, all we'll do is run it. And, and yeah. it was, you know, none of the Eagles running backs broke off a lot, much in the way of big plays. They, they ended up with all of them under four yards per carry. And now that's not a great stat to use for how great a running back is, but it is something. And when you're like, well, that does, they weren't getting a lot on average. I, I get being frustrated. I think that, uh, you know, going into the Super Bowl, the Eagles currently are favored by two. And the over-under is 50. I think this is going to be a great Super Bowl. Um, but the Eagles, you know, I I get people are like, well, they played the easiest schedule. They played everybody that was in front of them, and they beat most all of them. And when you get to the playoffs you're, and you're playing San Francisco – I get it. They lost their quarterback. But still, they lost their quarterback because your defense was kicking people's ass. So, yeah. Well, and they forced a lot of turnovers. I mean, they, yeah. I think when they're like four turnovers, three fumbles. So, uh, The AFC game definitely lived up to its billing. The Chiefs are able to prevail 23-20 to with a field goal in the last 10 seconds to take the lead. Uh, last offseason, we saw the Bengals really work to address the offensive line. Some injuries down the stretch of the season uh, made that kind of a sore point in the playoffs. But what do you think the Bengals will focus on trying to improve this offseason as they try to remain contenders with Burrow and Chase? Well, they're going to need to focus on the offensive line. And that was that was a lot of what they did in free agency last year. Um Jackson Carmen, who had been widely panned as not being very good, um, playing at guard, had basically lost the job and was, you know, their sixth or seventh offensive lineman. And then when Jonah Williams got hurt, Carmen actually played pretty decent at left tackle. They just, the number of injuries I think they had was just too much to overcome. There's not there's only so many really, 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 really good offensive linemen. So it isn't like every team's able to get 10 of them. But they have some work to do at the offensive line. Uh, both of their starting safeties, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, are free agents. Now both of them are getting up there, so they're probably going to need to take a look in free agency and, and the draft and start to rebuild that, um, that safety position. I think they drafted somebody last year that's that played pretty well. So it feels like they've got somebody in the pipeline. But Bates and Bell are monsters. And it wouldn't surprise me if they bring at least one of them back. But I think at least one of them is gone. Uh, Samaje Pirine, he's a free agent. He played 65% of the snaps yesterday. 
to Joe Mixon's 35. We might be seeing the end of the Joe Mixon era. They may, I think they can save something like $9 million if they cut him on the cap. No, they got a big fat cap increase like everybody did. So that may not be quite as, uh, quite as important at this stage. They do have some, uh, next year they've got Burrow. They're going to be looking to extend. They'll probably exercise his fifth year and then they'll extend him and, and spread that money out. Chase and T Higgins. I don't know if they can afford to keep Chase and T Higgins. I think next year Boyd is a free agent as well. I feel like one of them is going to end up going. If Higgins leaves via free agency, I think they're going to draft somebody because Boyd is going to be about 28, 29 years old. He's getting up there. Hayden Hurst is a free agent. He feels like he really fits the offense from the tight end position, so I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back. Um, but, man, Mixon, he's going to be 27 next year, and he's going into his seventh season. From a dynasty perspective, it's like time to get out. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals are kind of looking at it and going, hey, maybe it's time for us to get out too. P. Ryan, especially this year, because there's a really good rookie running back class, they can probably get somebody in the fourth round that they can step in and be uh, a 50% player right from the get-go. Um but their defensive backs are going to need some work. And they need to do, I think, whatever they can to keep defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. I think I pronounced his name right. Um, it was wild because Taylor got that job late in the process. And everybody treated the hiring of Anarumo that first year like, well, I guess that's all he could get at this stage in the season. And then the next year when a lot of people would be like, well, our defense isn't very good, we should probably go out and get a more reputable, a better defensive coordinator, Taylor stuck with him. And Taylor and Anarumo both, uh, as the guys in charge of the offense and the guy in charge of the defense, caught some flack for a couple of years, but they just, the Bengals front office stuck with them and they've kept grinding it out. And now everybody's like, man, these two guys are phenomenal coaches. It's wild when you give, give guys an opportunity to develop, even as coaches, what can become of it. So I'd be, like, I'd be looking to pay in a rumo um, like the Dolphins have allegedly played, paid Fangio. Yeah, and you hit on a lot of the ones that, that suck out to me. I think secondary, um, you can always use more offensive line depth. Thanks but for making me feel like I did good research. The the running back has been a question for me because I just don't think we've seen great production from Mixon, and it seems like they have started to view him as something of a liability when they have to pass, which for an offense that has the passing game they do is should give anyone a moment of pause. I wouldn't be surprised well, if they look at what their options are for a good three down back. Mixon is really good in the passing game if he's catching the ball. He's better there. He's not great in pass protection, and that's why Pirine gets a lot of that pass protection stuff. And then Pirine is probably almost as good as Mixon catching the ball too. So it's it's kind of, you know, Pirine doesn't have Mixon's pure – I think ability, his his cut, 
his, his fluidness, his overall speed, you know, going all the way back to when they were at Oklahoma, you, you could see that. But P. Ryan, is a, he's a grinder and plays very efficiently. On the other side, we spent most of the week uh, hearing about how Patrick Mahomes' ankle was fine. He went out there. He looked to be in some serious pain at times. We saw him limping around at times, but he was able to get through it. He made a big running play there at the end uh, when he needed to. He'll have a couple weeks off. Do you have any concerns about that ankle going into the Super Bowl? Well, based on the way he moved around, and while he didn't, I think, run quite as he, – he didn't get – flushed out quite as much as he he typically would have. Uh, I think sometimes he, he, he didn't take those opportunities. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. It's not, it's not as severe a high ankle sprain, I think, as um, we initially thought. Is it injured? Is it hurt? Yeah. Is it sprained? Yeah. But it's not like some of these guys that can't walk on it for four weeks or whatnot. So he's clearly uh, – and it's not just adrenaline that's getting him through it. He was able to to practice, non-practice. Obviously, he's Patrick Mahomes. You're not having him, you know, running the option and things like that. And you're not making him dead ass sprint a hundred yards or anything. So he's gonna be fine. Uh two weeks, constant therapy every day. Um it, it's I'm not concerned about the ankle. In part, because he's they're playing. He's gonna get hit. I mean, they're playing Philadelphia. He's getting hit. It's just to me, it's more of a can he keep himself safe? And by all presentations, it looks like he's gonna be just fine. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think the biggest concern would have been this game because of the short window of time it didn't look like he um you know made it worse or further aggravated it in any way the way that they were playing on it i think with a couple of weeks he'll probably be in even better shape uh which let's hope because it would be nice to see a good competitive game for our last game for six months well i'm probably more concerned with the fact that, that pacheco didn't do much in the running game they're going to need to keep it, and I say that like I, like I haven't ever watched Patrick Mahomes play. He could probably throw the ball 70 times and not run. They can run zero running plays and be just fine. But I feel like they're going to need to be more balanced, and Pacheco is going to have to get more on the ground against Philadelphia to slow down that rush. You know, I, to reiterate, Philadelphia led the league in sacks by a lot. They had 16 more than the second team with sacks. They had 70 sacks this season. And then they were down Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Mecole Hardman. It wasn't a great passing day by the numbers. Uh, MVS had a good game, 116 yards, and Kelsey had a 86 yards or something like that. It wasn't like there was somebody out there putting up 175 yards or two guys at 125 or anything. They played well, and MBS, God bless him, uh, you know, makes my heart flutter when I see him play like that. I 
I just think that they're going to need everybody to be able to contribute. I'm when it comes to fantasy, I got to tell you, I am so out on Kadarius Tony. Just the dude, just can't, he can't stay healthy. He's so electric. I want to be in. I watch him make plays, and I'm like, man, I want to be in so bad because he brings a lot of the the stuff that Tyreek Hill could do. Tony can do a lot of that stuff, but man, it 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 took an army to keep Tyreek Hill off the field, and it it just doesn't for Kadarius Tony. Um, I I love watching him make plays. But, you know, we're going to need to see Sky Moore step up some more. He's not a rookie anymore. You're going into the Super Bowl. You've been playing all year. You, you've been shut out of playing time because of how you performed. But yesterday, when it came time to step up, Sky Moore made some plays. MVS made some plays. Um, you know, the guy that – and I, I don't think he's healthy right now. But one guy that used to kind of step up and make plays out of nowhere was um, Justin Watson. He's kind of a tweener tight end wide receiver. If he can get back healthy, he kind of provides a little bit of that um, Travis Kelsey on the other side, a big receiver that can can get open in zones. So it'll, it'll be interesting. And then Chris Jones was an absolute monster. I, I read something uh, on Twitter today where uh, one of the people, I think it, it – um, might have been Ben Baby or somebody uh, talking about how Cincinnati had a great plan to double Chris Jones when he was inside. And Steve Spagnolo said, okay, I'll just move him outside. And Cincinnati couldn't handle Chris Jones when he was on the outside. It was, it was just, it was brutal. It looked like um, Justin Watson played in the Jacksonville game. So he might've been inactive yesterday. We'll see. They're going to need more wide receivers to step up. That's for sure. Yeah. And see if some more guys can get healthy. <clears throat> um, but, you know, a couple of weeks, hopefully it'll be uh, live up to the matchup. One of the uh, rare times I think I can remember where both one seeds uh, went all the way through. Yeah, it should be great, so, man. I'm looking forward to it. We will uh, be previewing that game in a couple of weeks, but when we are back with you on Friday, Dennis and I are going to start looking ahead to 2023, just like every Dynasty football player has been doing since right around Christmas time. Uh, we are going to start looking at some of the potential free agents before we uh, start diving into the draft, because free agency opens the beginning of, of March, so those will be some of the first salvos fired. And a pretty big crop of free agent running backs, not as great uh, for looking for free agent pass catchers and some questions at quarterback, but we'll start to dive into all that the next couple of uh, episodes. We, did, we decided not to do the full-blown flag football Pro Bowl preview for you um, because you didn't you want probably, me to call in sick that day. I didn't want you to call in sick that day. Uh, but Dennis, the people are uh, milling around tonight trying to figure out how to fill uh, the next two weeks. What could they do? Well, since we're going to be on twice a week for the next two weeks, they should go to their favorite podcast platform, hit that subscribe button. 
have it come right to your feed as soon as we release. Download it. Listen. I keep saying don't listen because the downloads count even if you don't listen. But man, Matt's got such a smooth voice. Listen, it's like it's like when he's reviewing movies and stuff. He's talking so suave and sounds so smart. Rate, review, give us those five star reviews. Give us give us a nice five star rating. Well, that'll do it for us today. We'll see you on Friday with a look at free agents. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play?